In this episode, we are super excited to share a conversation with Samantha Kelly from Fierce Athlete. And this dives into so much about femininity, about athletics, about our body, about theology of the body, about how we are striving to earn God's love and so much more. And so we are just really excited to share a conversation that was challenging and encouraging to us. And so we pray that it is able to inspire you as well. All that and more coming up next. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Catholic Link Show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. For our listeners, we are super excited today to have Samantha Kelly. She is the founder and president of Fierce Athlete, which is dedicated towards bringing beauty and truth into women's athletics uh, and really helping young Catholic women be able to uh, realize their identity and to grow in their faith through athletics. And so I'm super excited about this conversation. There's so much on this topic that I want to jump into, but uh, Samantha, can you give us the background of how you went from a division one athlete into founding a Catholic nonprofit organization. And yeah, just what was that like going through that? Sure. Well, it definitely wasn't my plan for my own life, <laughs> but that's kind of how things work. Um, yes. Yeah, so like you said, I played division one soccer at the university of Connecticut. And while I was in college, I had a reversion back to my Catholic faith. And that was such a pivotal moment because, one, um, I had been living, you know, a life not probably aligned with the morals of the church, very um, in the play hard, party hard culture that's existent in in female athletics. Um, And two, once that reversion happened, I looked around and I was the only person on a team of 32 girls practicing any type of Christian or Catholic faith. And so there's this large gap um, that existed. And I just began to try to share my faith, to invite girls to mass, to invite them to Bible study. You know, by my fifth year, uh, I ended up taking an extra year because I had some injuries. Um, You know, I had 12 girls coming on Bible study and I was mentoring girls from all different teams on campus. And, and the Lord just kind of showed me that that's where the, that's where the need was. You know, I had been thinking about going into finance or going to law school and um, he kind of inspired me to join an organization called Focus and to work with female athletes via their subgroup Varsity Catholic for two years. I can do two years, right? Um, so that sent me to the University of Texas. Um, ended up doing five years with that organization. And towards the end of that time, um, I went to a Theology of the Body course. And even though I'd been mentoring women through issues like eating disorders and Promise all sorts of promiscuity and identity issues. Um, you know, I felt like once I discovered the teaching of theology of the body, I finally had answers to some of their questions. The goodness yeah. of the body, what true femininity is, all these things. Um, and so when I looked around, I didn't see any other Catholic or Christian organizations that were speaking into those those issues, those truths. Um, and also a lot of the organizations were very male dominant and we'll admit so, um, sport has been historically male. And so basically the Lord asked me to launch this nonprofit. Um, I very naively said yes. And, uh, yeah, five years later, I've been full time for a couple of years and and it's really grown and expanded. So to sum it up, not my plan, but (laughs) when we surrender to the Lord, he brings us on fun adventures. 
Uh, I think that's such an inspiring way that the Lord kind of slowly introduced it. Like, let me invite you into a relationship with me. Let me help you walk alongside other women. And then let me show you an area that my my truth needs to be shared. And I think theology of the body mm-hmm. has had a huge impact in our lives uh, in a culture where it's such a radically different concept. Uh, if you want to dive in a little bit into theology of the body and how you're able, what that is for maybe some of our listeners, and then how you're able to share that uh, with your athletes. Yeah, I mean, theology of the body in a, I guess a definitional sense, it's very vast. I mean, John Paul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just sum up all of just theology all of the body. Of yeah. Like, in- all of John <laughs> Paul's seconds. Just go. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I know. Because I think GP took, GP2 took, I think, five years to write it, four years to deliver it, and then the rest of his pontifical. Pontificate, he unpacked it. So yeah. it's, it's very, it's beautiful. Um, but essentially, what it says is that our bodies reveal God, theology of the body. Um, and what it means to be a human person is that we're body and soul. I always use this analogy, like for those viewers, like you, you can't separate them. Now, our culture says that you can, which is a whole nother thing, but really you can't. And so the reality is that the physical affects the spiritual and the spiritual affects the physical. Um, and, you know, we often hear, okay, we're made in God's image and likeness. Well, then why did God create two genders? And it's really, and this is a very, very simple analogy, but we have a Trinitarian God. So it's the father loves the son, son receives the love of the father and gives that love back. And they say that that love is so palpable, so real, so creative, it results in the third, the Holy Spirit. Well, very similarly, a man, that God respects our freedom, but a man has a capacity to love a woman. The woman receives the love of the man, returns it. And that love is so palpable, so real. Nine months later, it can result in the third. <laughs> Or a fourth. Yes. <laughs> or a fourth. <laughs> yeah, right? um, uh, and um, so, so, so essentially, the, the, the gender difference, which is kind of one of the biggest topics within sports, okay, how are female athletes different from male athletes, which they are, is important and it reflects God. And so how this all kind of relates to fierce is one, you know, we, we spend so much time thinking about the soul in, in, the Catholic Christian sphere, but the body is really important too, because mm. I want to be able to pray. Well, I have to take care of my body and vice versa because mm. they are connected. Um, and so a lot of athletes struggle with body image mm. uh, and, and the proper use of the body. It's not just a tool to manipulate, mm. right? It's, it's sacred. And then kind of getting into, okay, well, what does it mean to be feminine? Um, we look like my one of my biggest wounds was I never believed I was feminine as a female, mm-hmm. six foot tall, kind of jacked athlete. Like I just didn't believe that. <laughs> but that's a lie, right? Because we have to be so careful with our language these days because we are body and soul. So the fact that I have a female body, I am feminine in my whole being. And the gender difference, I'm throwing a lot at you here. But this is awesome. Keep going. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Up, up, up. You want to talk to you, B. Um, yeah. But the gender difference, right, reveals that actually male and female are different and it reveals our internal, almost our soul, for lack of a better word, theologically, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But so as a woman, you know, in the sexual act, I'm receptive and then I can bear forth life. So the height of my femininity is receptivity and bearing forth life. Men, 
they're external in the sexual act, and so the height of their masculinity is sacrifice. So it's like, this is why men and women, when they play basketball, it's different. Men are mm-hmm. driving the hoop, they're more individualistic, there's more sacrifice involved. Women, there's more, it's more team-oriented, more passing, they say it's a prettier game. So to sum all that up, I was actually exercising my femininity every time I was playing my sport because of my receptivity to pain, my receptivity to others, bearing forth life in a certain way. So all of these things kind of culminated in, wow, these are the, this is the way I could be sharing TOB within this sphere and starting to kind of combat some of the lies that women specifically are struggling with um, in that sphere. Oh, so, <laughs> so good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so much, no, no, no. So much to unpack. Let's, yes. uh, let's, let's pull on this thread and see what unravels a little bit. What, um, could you put our listeners uh, who maybe haven't been a young athlete in a little while, uh, <laughs> what is um, your average, say, like college female athlete struggling with right now? What are some of the issues? Because I, I would imagine that some of them are the same from when we played sports. Um, but also, I, you know, the landscape, I, I feel like is just very different in a lot of ways. So, so what were those issues that you were seeing as you were starting to minister to these girls where you went, holy cow, like, yeah, I I don't know. Like maybe, maybe the Lord is calling me to launch a nonprofit organization to help with all of these things. Yeah. You know, I, I, before I say that, I would say, even if our listeners aren't female athletes or they, I believe once an athlete, always an athlete. So maybe (laughs) haven't participated in sport in a while, but (laughs) Um, I think a lot of the struggles are, there may be manifest in a unique way, but I think women of all ages and spheres struggle. Um, but I think they're heightened in athletics and very well hidden, given that I need to perform. So um, just a lot of body image um, issues, uh, disassociation with the body, um, because it's something that you use in the sport, which is beautiful in one sense, but in another sense, we learn to just kind of manipulate our bodies. That can result, I think it's, 64% of college athletes have some level of disordered eating. Now, the diagnosable um, issues are a lot lower than that, but it's still a, a pretty high percentage. Yeah. Um, it's also the play hard, party hard culture. So athletes are under so much pressure. Eyes are kind of always on them, but they kind of like implode a little bit and they try to release that energy via, you know, the college athlete drinks and parties more than the average student. Um, and then coming with that is a lot of promiscuity. Mm-hmm. And then on the female side, there's a lot of women that struggle with same sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of confusion surrounding sexuality. Um, beyond that, because of all the pressure, you're seeing a lot of mental health issues. I think that's heightened probably from when I played. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, now there's even more pressure because there's things like name image likeness. So athletes can now be sponsored. So it's, it's almost like, I would say the pressure and with continued um, social media and um, I don't know, like every game is online and films now. There's just a lot more on athletes today and visibility, which in, in some regards is, is awesome. I mean, sport is an incredible avenue for virtue. However, it also has created this very high, high stress environment um, that leads people to, to kind of fulfill that. I don't know, let out that pressure in, in yeah. ways. Uh, uh, 
I, I think the using of the body and then the confusion of what is true femininity and this idea as we reveal the gifts of John Paul II and dive into what is classified as the feminine genius, this idea that in athletics there there is this pull of, well, I need to be strong and courageous and feel very much like a masculine uh, output because of the competitive side of it and what we classify as feminine, like, oh, just sit on the side and like cheer nicely, uh, is not like the what we need to do on the court or on the field. And so this reality of you saying like, I struggled with that femininity and yet how you reclassified how you were living out receptivity how you were living out uh, just Mm. this giving of yourself on the court and then the mentoring or field. Obviously, I play tennis, Uh, my terminology. Uh, But the – I I think that like redefining and really diving into what does that word mean in more than just the surface level and then uh, like all of the the struggles that women athletes our meeting today, I think is, oh, what a gift to have your organization to dive in and to support that. Yeah. So, okay. So there are a lot of, uh, struggles that young women are, are going through right now. And yeah, you're, you're, so you're starting to see all of this stuff pop up and, and you're helping women through that. But so now what does fierce do Fierce athlete, do in order to help these women? You know, you just see this like, oh man, just this trauma of all of these things going on. And so, how how do you help so many of these issues with these women? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the biggest thing, and this is more from a what we preach, and then I'll kind of get into the how we do it, is any I, any issue of identity and femininity. This is kind of a bold statement is just a lack of understanding who we are Hmm. because it's like i'm not i'm more than my performance i'm more than my coach's opinion i'm more than all of these things like first and foremost i'm a daughter of god period and that exists whether i go on and become the next olympic gold medalist or i stay sitting in this chair and do nothing for the rest of my life like god just loves me because i'm me period once you can help women realize that truth, then kind of the issues you see the where the gap is between a lot of the issues that I kind of I kind of lined out. But that's where you have to start. It's just you're just loved as you are, period. And that is a very freeing truth for people. And it's something we hear all the time. Oh, I'm a daughter of God. But but I think helping women internalize that. It, to their specific, you know, struggles or stories, I think is, is, is just key. And then from there you go, okay, you're a body soul union as a daughter of God, God's given you these incredible gifts. Like you want to use them to the full potential. You know, if you're sitting there for the rest of your life, are you really using the gifts God's given you? Well, well no, he's still going to let you the same, but like these, you, you should use these to the fullest of your potential. And that includes that competitive side that you were just talking about. Um, I always use Mary as an example. It's, it's Mm -hmm. almost, it's all, it's, it's not redefining the definition of femininity. It's like shifting the culture's definition. Because if we look at Mary, she, 
we're all feminine. So it's not like she was the most feminine woman that ever lived. We all are feminine, but she lived out her femininity perfectly. It's a little nuanced there. And like, she crushes the head of Satan. Like she's a total BA, (laughs) total BA, so fierce. And yet she's the most tender woman that ever lived. And so giving women permission to be intense, but not divorce it from that natural nurturing tender side they that they have as a woman and so kind of finding helping them find that balance um and then bringing them into the fullness of the truth of the church and then helping equip them to to share this mm-hmm. with from them now the practical ways that that's done is you know we have a podcast the fierce athlete podcast which is kind of our widest resource we just talk to different individuals um who are who have been you know in the athletic sphere or you know we just had a season on this whole identity, you're more than parents' opinion, you're more than than kind of all these things that fight for our attention and our identity. And then I also travel the country speaking. Um, I partner with different uh, high schools and colleges. So whether that's giving a talk or running um, retreats or preseason retreats, or we do strength and conditioning clinics, it's kind of a mix of a strength and conditioning clinic and a theology of the body retreat. Um, I also mentor individuals one-on-one for our young adults listening. Um, I, I have a certification in strength and conditioning and a master's in psychology. And so I do personally train, uh, people virtually. It's kind of a spiritual and a physical coach. So I'm, I'm writing workouts for individuals. Um, there's different spiritual inspirations tied in. That's one of my favorite things to, to teach people how to pray through working out. Yeah. Um, and so I have a whole client base that, uh, we do that as well. And then coming up, I have a book coming out, hopefully by the fall. Nice. If we have any former athletes, we hopefully this fall, will. well, we're going to beta it this fall, but by next year, we're going to have a course for athletes who have transitioned out of sport. Cool. Because that's just a big, okay, how do I heal from my experience? How do I work out now? How do I eat now? Like, what do I do? Um, So a lot of those questions will will be answered as well. Oh, that's such a good resource for the transition point, I think, is when you've been in that high level of intensity and physical to like, okay, well, what does workout look like now? I'm no longer competing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think also I just want to go back a minute to the identity. I I think the achieving, like the desire to prove yourself and therefore earn God's love mm-hmm. because you've been earning success on the field and earning your spot and earning the approval and earning like and how that also translates sometimes to academics and all of the different spheres. I how have you really helped that sink in? Um I don't know if there's one piece of advice that you would offer someone who struggles with the I desire to achieve the Lord's love. Um, and then as you mentioned today, maybe that's even more heightened with how public my failures and successes are across social media or TV and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in how I treat people, it communicates that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I had one woman I worked with say, I've, I've never been loved unconditionally. I realized mm-hmm. my whole upbringing was conditional love. Wow. And yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a hard one to, to just hear. But praise God, like, she was able to experience that. But, but ultimately, like, I'm always pointing towards the Lord. 
And you'll find like in a lot of ways, this reality seeks like sinks in when somebody's struggling. I mean, ideally you teach them before, right? So like when that moment comes, but you know, it, it it's heightened when somebody gets injured, right? Because they can't achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like, no, you're, you're just loved as you are, even though mm-hmm. you're, you know, um, or if somebody is, you know, I have a girl I worked with who had a mental health crisis and had to like leave school for six months, you know? And it's like, she was brought to rock bottom yeah. and built back up with this truth where she's like praying regularly now and just mm-hmm. like thriving. Um, mm-hmm. leaning on the Lord. Or you have somebody, they retire, right? And suddenly it's like, okay. even this way, now they can take that to other areas of achievement. Mm-hmm. And that's how you want to help them up to that point. But I think it's how we accompany people um, mm-hmm. and then encourage them to really, I mean, the Lord's ultimately the one that's going to tell them that. And so encouraging them to that silent prayer to just be like, all right, Lord, how do you see me? Do you love me because of these mm-hmm. things? And letting him be the one to heal hearts. Um, I just try to help facilitate that in some minimal way. You know? Yes. <laughs> I I was just thinking about, so all, all of these things, right? The, the beauty of sports with the struggles. And, um, you know, we have, uh, as you got to meet uh, our oldest daughter, Rose, you know, we have, we're pregnant with our third daughter now. And so... It's, it's a conversation that we've had a little bit as we're talking about, okay, as they start to get older, what do we get them involved in? Um, because both Katie and I grew up playing sports um, and we saw both the, the goodness, the, you know, being able to grow in virtue, fortitude, all of those things. But we also saw the, the downsides of, um, the, or the potential downsides of the culture and um, the pace and the stress and all of that. So what, what would you recommend to maybe um, young parents who are who are trying to look forward a little bit and uh, maybe try to harness the goodness of of sports, but also, you know, try to balance that with with raising their kids in the faith. And uh, yeah, maybe you know, maybe they have a desire not to be driving to ten different practices every single week. And and you know, I don't know. So talk a little bit about that. What what have you seen in that, or just your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a balance. Um... I'm just a huge, I was talking to somebody recently and they were just like, oh, I played college sports. I won't let my kids play. And it kind of sat wrong with me. Like I get it that they're trying to protect their children. Um, But I think in such a technological age where kids are just stuck to technology and and granted parents can do a lot to prevent that. Mm -hmm. um, Sport is one of the lasting things that like, it's not technological, you know, it's, it's so good for just the physical development, the mental development, the emotional development of kids. And like you said, JP2 says, sport is the gymnasium for human virtue. Like where else am I going to learn to suffer for a greater good or to get along with people that are from different backgrounds than me or, you know, to have fortitude. I think it's one of the, the lasting avenues for that. However, right. It, it, it is very touched by the culture. And so it can be very toxic. And I think parents today drive kids too hard. I'm still a proponent of multi-sports at a young age. I mean, you see sports specialization and, you know, eight, six, eight-year-olds having private coaches. And it's just like, 
this is more about the parent wanting to have a D1 yeah. athlete than, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. than the kid. Uh, so be wary of that. I'd say, I think you want to make sure you find a good coach. Um, obviously there's some, you know, Catholic leagues out there and, and things, and those are great. Um, but if you want a, a competitive place, your kid to play and grow, I think it's a lot of, it's about the coaching, you know, mm -hmm. how are they feeding the kids? Um, are they losing their temper? Are they making comments about, you know, kids' bodies or their weight or, mm -hmm. are you know, or are they really there to help make these kids better people? Is it not just about mm -hmm. winning? Is it about kind of some of those values? Um, and, and I think trust, I think trust the foundation that you lay as parents because um, it's, you know, you, you can shelter a kid for so long, but I think there is a, a healthy way to, to allow them to play sport and interact with people different from them. But then having those follow-up conversations of like, okay, you know, this, this person said this today or this, you know, I think praising effort is a huge thing. I'm also very against every kid getting a trophy um, because you have to learn to fail. You know, I know parents yeah. like, like their kid for some participation trophy, like they didn't let their kid have it. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> that. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, like my friend's nephew just got like a ring, like a, a ring, bedazzled whatever championship ring for winning a tournament. And he's like, it's like, no, rings are for championships. Like big yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I think as parents, you can do your best to kind of navigate some of that materialism and, and kind of craziness. Um, but again, I think that what it teaches kids and if you kind of have those bumpers in place, I think it's invaluable. Hmm. Mm. Ah, so much is good there. And I, it really struck a chord of not taking our own wounds. I think this is a confession of us struggling. So I went to the Air Force Academy. 80% male, 20% women. There's a whole lot of discovering femininity in that sphere. Uh, and the physical requirements of that. And sometimes we're like, oh, our girls are not going there. And realizing that those are our wounds. Mm, yeah. And as you said, you know, when they were like, I'm not going to let my kid play college athlete athletics. And it's this reality of, okay, we'll take your wounds. And build the bumpers, yeah. but let's continue being open to maybe where God is calling your child and looking at what was good because the Air Force blessed me in amazing and incredible ways, including bringing Jesus into my life in a profound way, bringing me my spouse and my vocation. And I can never look at maybe some of the detrimental side of it and go, oh, that should all be tossed out. And I, I think that that's such an important element as we do discern sports and activities and commitments in our family. I, thank you. Thank you for calling mm. me out as a mom who sometimes wants to throw the bathwater out with the bath and like the whole- Baby like, out with the bathwater. Yeah, water. the whole the whole, <laughs> thing. the whole thing. So the whole bath <laughs> out. Just all of it. Just go. And we're just going to change everything. Um, And that like isn't, isn't the healing the Lord's calling me to or the path that maybe he's calling my daughters to. Um, yeah. And letting, letting them discern and build in the bumpers to highlight how it can be virtue growing. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. Yeah. 
yeah any any other thoughts on <laughs> on that because that was that was good that was... <laughs> yeah I, one more i have a girl i work with and she's i've worked with her since she was in sixth grade obviously with yeah. permission from her from her parents um and she was saying last i guess when she was in eighth grade she was saying she's part of this new team and and she was saying my parents don't really get involved they mm-hmm. actually make me talk to my coach if I have an issue about playing or it's one of the biggest things. Oh my gosh. He's sports. It's all parents. It's all, yeah. it's all parents. Well, my kid needs to play this position. This, this, yeah. this, you know, and I, I talked to her parents and there's been like one or two circumstances where they've ha- had to step in because maybe yeah. a line was crossed or to clarify, but this girl, you know, and she doesn't have a mm-hmm. cell phone. She like, she's very just kind of like protected, but at the same time in this sport world, I mean, she's just voted captain, like people respect her because she's had to learn the skills of communication and mm-hmm. self And so I think just like, uh, that's just a, a word of advice or a caution to parents, like mm-hmm. teach your kid how to have those conversations. And again, make sure that the intention is checked. It's not about, well, yeah. I want you to play this position or this isn't fair. Like, um, and again, but again, there are points where if something's out of line, like as a parent, mm-hmm. please step in, you know, um, but that, yeah, that has just kind of stuck out in my mind of a, of a good balance, like letting kids be their own advocate, obviously in an appropriate age, mm-hmm. um, which I think is another skill that they, they can learn through, through sport. That's, that's so cool. And, and, and man, I, I feel more and more, you know, especially as we become parents trying to find that the balance of take sports, for example, of right? You have the, the helicopter parent or the snowplow parent <laughs> or whatever you want. That's like always involved. And, and growing up, I saw that out of teammates and other things where, you know, parents were acting like their kid was, you know, <laughs> was going, yeah, was going to go play professional soccer and like probably wasn't even going to get into, you know, go play soccer in college, but they just treated it. So, uh, yeah, militant and and they were yeah yelling at the coaches and stuff and you're like that's probably not the answer and then but on the other side right you just want to be careful of just dropping your kids off and not having any idea of what's going on or what the, the coaches are um, speaking into them because they're you know those potentially could be wounds that they're going to carry for the rest of their life so yeah I think all of that is is so important and we're constantly trying to find the balance of of what that looks like. I was curious, you mentioned that you're going, you're writing a book. Can you tell us about the book or and what's yeah. in it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have the official title yet. So okay. hopefully that'll be revealed <laughs> soon. Um, but essentially it's the premise of it is being a complete athlete physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so it's kind of a, a practical guide um, for the young female. I mean, it's, it's written for the female, but it's pretty neutral. Men can read it too. Um, but yeah, ways to really, actually incorporate your faith into all spheres of what it means to be a human person um, but as they kind of relate to to athletics so good can you do you have anything coming up that you're super excited about you know is there like a camp that's on the horizon or is there something other than your book that you're publishing that, <laughs> yeah, yeah in your free time probably yeah. takes some time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what um yeah tell us what you guys have going on at, at fierce and, and just something that you're excited about on the future yeah um we're getting some really cool new opportunities um so i've been i've worked a lot with ave maria university in florida that's kind of been my flagship and all their female sports teams um so some stuff coming up with them but i'll be 
um, at Steubenville in the fall, which is exciting. And you marry, we're having some other conversations with um, some other Catholic schools and then Catholic high schools um, as well. Um, we're going to be doing clinics within the next year in Denver, Philly, DC, and then one other. Um, so if there's any listeners in that area, um, kind of keep an eye out for those. And, um, and then, yeah, this is, this is kind of new, uh, news. Uh, we're going to be kind of running a campaign for this, but we're going to look to launch fierce coach. Um, Mm. hopefully by the new year, um, we just have to kind of raise the the funds and the support for that. But again, speaking to all these kind of coaches having outside of a parent, I mean, kids will admit coaches are are one of the biggest influences in their influences in their life. And, um, they have such opportunities to positively impact and negatively, um, the women they're working with or the, or the, the boys. So um, we're going to try to develop that and develop resources for, for coaches to better advocate for some of these truths and the, and the issues that they're seeing, but also, um, yeah, just be kind of holistic coaches and how they, and how they treat women and how they coach. So lots coming up. Uh, lots so coming up. Uh, where can people find out more about Fierce Athletics and what you guys have going on. Yeah, so um, fierceathlete.org. That's that's kind of the, the hub. Uh, so it's all there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Uh, man, there's so so much goodness in this. Uh, I yeah, I, I recommend we could dive into each one of those. <laughs> yeah. Statements. I'll yeah. come yeah. an hour longer. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, round yeah. two. <laughs> um, but again, for our listeners, please go check out fierceathlete.org, um, all the social media handles. Uh, and and yeah, I, w- I would just, uh, you know, maybe challenge our listeners a little bit into pr- praying about this. Where does um, femininity fit into your life in um, in fitness, in your body, in your soul, in your mind? How um, how can we grow in health and in, in all of those senses? Uh, yeah. And then just, just to check out all of the resources that uh, fierce athlete has, because there are some incredible resources that are there with the podcast, with all of the things that they, with the book that's coming out. <laughs> so, um, but again, Samantha, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun for all of our listeners. We were praying for you guys until next time. Uh, Take care and God bless.